Steve, how are you? You look you look happy. You look happy. You look eager. Uh, it's it's my it's podcast time. I'm wonderful. Okay. Okay. You look, you look excited to be here. You're back from your big big trip uh into in in the Hoosier state but not for not related to the Hoosiers at all. Just the the other football team that plays there. One of the other football teams. That plays one of the other football teams. One of the ones that's halfway decent apparently. Yeah, the the one that's pretty good. Um so we'll talk about that. Uh but First, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we've got a lot to, to catch up on. You, 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 of course, as, as we mentioned, you went out to Notre Dame this weekend. I, I have some questions. I have, that's all I, I'll say there. Um, but we'll also, this is, of course, is a Penn State podcast. So that's what you want to hear about. Um, we'll talk about the Penn State uh, Indiana game. We will also talk about the Penn State Maryland game. Um, and then, you, our sports media is where we will talk about the, the Notre Dame aspect, I think, a little bit. And then, of course, it's uh, October 30th as we record today. So I've got some questions as it relates to, to candy. Um, so excited about that. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, throw a curveball at you. Uh-oh. I'm going to let you open up the show, show today, Steve. Here, here's my question for you. Should I be? Why am I? Why am I in a good mood after watching Penn State barely win against Indiana? Well, it's a win, right? Your your team won. I I guess I was surprised. All these Penn State fans who who wanted a close game, wanted competitive games, don't give us dog of a games. They get a down to the wire game against a Big Ten opponent who's been in the league forever, has given Penn State a history of problems, and then they are bitching about the close game. So I don't know. I think you should be in a good mood. You got a W. Nobody got any more hurt that we know of. So I don't know. I think you should be in a good mood. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I think that's where, where I'll begin. I've been been thinking about it. And, <clears throat> and I hope some of our listeners that are listening to this in a vehicle, one in particular, just kept it on the road for that optimism. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And that's why I asked, how are you feeling? I wanted to see how you were feeling about it. Because I think collectively people were a little grumpy and it I, it started the second that I sat down in the stadium at 11:40, and the guys, the guy two row or row in front of us, a couple seats over, we got to get a fire Franklin chain go. We got to get a fire Franklin chain going. Penn state comes out, gets stopped on third down. It is raining booze. Um, and I don't know. It was, it, it just was, everybody was so anxious. And then, Everybody wasn't. And and I think that's exactly how the game played out. Um, and I think particularly I wanna I wanna start with the quarterback. And I think I think we have to talk about that. He he obviously threw out obviously throws his first pick. And all season long, the thing that I have wanted to see is not necessarily him throwing that interception, but how is he gonna respond when that first hurdle? kind of came up and showed up. And I think obviously the Ohio state game in, in itself, that was the first hurt really major big hurdle that he's had to face all season. And I I went back and thought about the game and, and watched the game a little bit, actually all of the game through. And I think why I'm in, in a good mood relates to the fact that I watched Drew Aller feel like seemingly mature in front of my eyes on Saturday and I think it was a little bit of a microcosm of him throwing that that interception and then him throwing the 57-yard touchdown pass to win the game. And I think that's why I'm excited right now. I don't know if it's going to necessarily play out that way for the rest of the season. 
it was two minutes of of happiness of after 58 minutes of her kind of crap um but I think that's why I'm in a good mood or at least in a better mood than I was leaving the stadium on Saturday when I was left leaving semi-delirious, I think would be the best way to put it. Yeah. And I mean, wasn't there watch, listen from afar, watch the score from afar can appreciate the frustration that people had with the game. I, I don't know about, no, I do know about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this this season yet, depending on how Michigan goes and in the off season, the marriage of coach and program is as good as it's going to get for either one of them at this point. There's nothing better for either one of them out there. It is what it is, and it, it's not horrible. The, po- the folks who, who wrote the contract, I would love them to write a contract for me someday because it was very favorable to, to the coach. So I, I think that stuff is beyond silly, and I, I'm not a blind blindly support the program kind of guy, but you, they won the game. And, and sometimes you're going to have dog of games like this. There's one every year where it's a dog of a game against a team you probably should beat, especially in conference, because people just seem to know you better. Something goes on. It's after the Ohio State loss, and you say you don't want to have it beat you twice, but the players know they're favored by 30-some points, too, and they they come out unmade it, motivated or go through the motions or, or Indiana plays out of its mind, whatever. I do think a W anytime is a good thing, especially in conference. So I know what people saw. I appreciate it. I understand what the problems are, but you won and, and go in again this week and, and then the next week. And that's, that's all you can do. I think the other thing that's helping me kind of sleep well right now is the fact that the mistakes that happened that led to the game being so close are all very much cr- fixable within just the context of n- the next game. I, I think, yes, the quarterback could play well, but I think I'm more so talking about the defense. Number one, the defense is allowed to have a bad game for, for as good as they played this season. They are, they were kind of due for a not so great game. And sometimes that happens. Um, but, you know, you look at the, the, I think it was the, the, the 69 yarder, I think. Um, and somebody just took, took, took the blitz and nobody covered the safety didn't cover. Um, and that's just a miscommunication error. And obviously that can't happen against Michigan, but and it really can't happen ever again type thing. (laughs) But at the same time, like that's a fixable mistake. Um, And I think there was a part in Saturday's game where I almost, and I almost texted you because I I felt like a snowball moment. It was a, it was a, it was a high rating on the Steve snowball index. Um, And it, it came there before the end of the second or end of the first half when Penn state scored a touchdown and I knew that they were going to get the ball back and I knew they were going to score again before half. And then really, I, I don't know. I, you go back and look at the like ESPN um, probability index, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't the letter of the law, but you can see it in the third quarter where Penn state pretty much is starting to pull away. And I think that chunk of game also is helping me sleep better right now. And so I think that's where I'm at with the game. Um. I think I I feel like they got the like I feel like sometimes you need to almost have a bad moment to get the bad juju out. And I think the last two minutes were kind of a microcosm of, of that again. And now you get a, a, another kind of sort of hopefully a get right game against Maryland before the the last real test and the last real chance of, at everything. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I a win is a win. 
I mean, as long as nobody's getting hurt, as long as something that isn't correctable there happens or has happened repeatedly, and I, and I, Ohio State's receivers are much better. So I, you know, the defense, the defense, you know, there's a part of me, you know, that's like, okay, and I, you know, no fly zone. Well, you gave up some big touchdowns here. How about we just shut up and play, right? And that's always the the the, the danger of critical person like me making up your nicknames as the season moves along. But no, they won. And they're going forward, and that's that's all you can hope for. And then, up, what you know, what's next? And I think that's what they've got to do. That's the mentality they have to have. And I and I think maybe they they didn't exactly have that in terms of getting the game. I think there was a little bit of, okay, it's Indiana, okay, we're going to be better than them. And Indiana's not awful, but they're not good either. So that's what happens when those kind of teams play each other. Well, and we've talked about the that before. There is a human element to all of this of. You're going to be more excited when Michigan comes to town than when Indiana comes to town. That's just how this works. Um, but as long as you can go out there and handle business, which Penn State did, I think then you're doing your job. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm I feel I feel weirdly feel better, and I don't know why about the rest of Penn State's season. And it's all because they bounced back and didn't bite them in the butt, right? Like yeah. they didn't lose after the game they lost. I mean, they didn't, they didn't get two losses in a row. So that's a plus because that's no. happened before. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. That's a good way to look at it. Um, did you watch the game? Did you, I know you were? I watched some of it when we got back home to okay. see just, just to see confirmation bias of what I thought I saw. I mean, well, and honestly, the biggest thing I watched for honestly was the last play, just to see how 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 he hit the receiver or not and was the pass overthrown underthrown right because i listened into the radio piece it sounded like it was a little underthrown and it might have been a shade underthrown but it wasn't it was a good pass so i wanted to see that yeah okay um let's let's stay there with how you consumed the game i did go back and watch the game i have to say this is now two cbs broadcasts i'm i'm pleasantly Please, like it, they, they do a solid job, I think would be the best way to describe it. It's not fancy over the top. It's pro- it's, it's a solid B. It's a solid B. And I, I, I appreciate that. I think would be the best way to put it. And it was a B level game. I mean, realistically, even before the game was played, right? That's what happens. The, 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 the broadcast crews that get these games are the teams that can do a B game. And they did. So all is right with the world. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't mess it up. Right. And that's, yeah. that's always your hope. But they don't. I, I think the other, the main thing that surprised me, and the thing that I liked the most about the CBS broadcast was how they used their sky cam. Um, and they they did a nice job of using that throughout the day for a noon game that's Penn State and Indiana. Like it's, I the ratings don't come out till tomorrow. I I doubt it will crack the top. Maybe it will crack the top five. Eh, no, it won't crack the top five of of, of games watched this week weekend. But they it just. You can tell they care. They want to do a solid job, and I think I, I think I hate to say it, but I think it's it's still NBC, CBS, and Fox. Like it is still that order right now for the Big Ten rights. That was going to be my follow up question, and I and I do think the CBS. I think you're really right about about what they do at the Sky Cam. I think that's one thing they do well across their broadcast with college football. They use that as an established shot. They use it at the right times as kind of a scene setter. 
it's not so much a play-by-play shot for them. You know, we've talked before about the video gamification of broadcasts. They don't use it as much for that as some other places do. It's kind of it's kind of like setting the college football atmosphere inside said stadium for you each Saturday. And I think because they do it, you know that's a CBS shot. Like I think you could show that to the broadcasters, the directors from the other co- from the other shows, and say, "Hey, who did this?" And they'd be able to say, "Oh, that was CBS." Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good way to look at it. Um. I guess we'll excuse me. I guess we'll hit on the uh, in stadium part two before we quickly move on. Obviously, you weren't there, um, but I was there. Uh, game day presentation for the most part has gotten a little better. There were two weird moments. I I wrote about the one on the blog this week, which we we're just going to beat to death at this point. Which is the the are you ready for the fourth quarter thing? I, I just please stop, please. I don't I don't want to hear it. Who says uh, it again? The mic man. Oh, so you don't like the mic man then? I, I never said I don't like the mic man. I don't like the mic. I, the mic man it seems like a nice guy. Okay. He seems like a nice guy. He's doing what he's told. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's all I'll say about that. All right. Was Jump Around still part of the show? It was. Yeah, it was. Oh, so it's here to stay too. Yeah, it's that's a, it's now a Penn State tradition. Look out, Wisconsin. Um, pro wrestling, man. Penn State will be getting beat up by other people for, <laughs> for like gimmick infringement. Yeah. Like, no. holy cow. He, the weirdest part of Saturday, though, is – and I don't remember what quarter it was in. It was pretty early, I think, maybe second quarter. Uh, there was a TV timeout, and they played Mr. Brightside, I think, was the song. And there's this cheerleader running around with a sign that just says, sing along, like the like signs that when you – if you ever go to like a studio recording and say clap or laugh or sad noise, like, it, like in Shrek. Weird. Just weird. And I don't know, like – a couple people, and I'm not quite there yet. A couple people I saw pointed out this weekend that like part of the process of going to a Penn State football game now is like you're expected to sing along, and I- I'm not quite there yet. Like, but it does feel like they're trying to make that a thing at Penn State games. For all songs, or just for Mr. Brightside? All songs, every okay. song, and it's uh, I don't know. It used to it used to make me mad when they would do that with um. They wouldn't do it for Sweet Caroline, right? Like they wouldn't put the graphics up for, for the the, the, ver- the lyrics up for Sweet Caroline, right? Because people knew it, right? And then they would play Living on a Prayer and they were putting the lyrics up for that. And I thought, well, who the hell doesn't know that if they know the other one? Like, really? So I, I've always thought the whole education process of whatever. And honestly, to the game experience, you know, the Notre Dame thing didn't do that. It was about the football game. You know, I mean, they interviewed a couple of students. They did some stuff. They interviewed the famous people on the sideline, Jerome Bettis, whatever else. Welcome to the crowd. It wasn't, and I don't mind it being a participatory event. Don't get me wrong. It's it's spectator sports. It's whatever else. But I think not everything needs to be a sing-along. Not everything needs to be get you, like, just go ahead and play football and win the game. I'll cheer for you. But, I think that's about where I'm at with it, too. Like, I, give me pump-up videos and let me run through a wall type thing. That's That's about where I'm at with it. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's shift gears there. Let's, let's, we're going to switch up the order a little bit. How was the Notre Dame experience, Steve? How was the game day experience for you? Um, you we were there 10 or 12 years ago when Penn State played out there. And that's when we were introduced to Cornhole, which we hadn't seen before, hadn't played before. So we brought the board, we made the boards when we came back. That was really cool. This year we were closer to the stadium. They renovated it. Um, it looks, the facade of the stadium looks like it belongs on campus, which was intentional. Obviously, student services and stuff are inside the facility as well. Like, it's the student 
it's a student union, but there's student stuff inside the stadium that are not there for game day, which is a really cool concept. Um, concessions on campus were all student run with tents that popped up during the day and charcoal grills and them selling hamburgers and hot dogs. The benefit said dorm floor group charity, whatever else, which was kind of quaint. Um, because it's closer to campus, uh, band marches through campus, just as the blue band marches up um, University Drive. So kind of the same, but there's buildings around that was cool. It just felt, and I use this word, and I'm not sure it's the right word because, you know, they have their own network and they're making billions of dollars, but it, it felt pure slash Midwestern. It was just different. I, they they didn't, it didn't feel like there wasn't the carnival on Curtin Road, right? You They weren't trying to sell me stuff. They were, but it was the students trying to sell me because they were making money for their group. And, and because maybe Notre Dame has more money than God or is God, right? There's the church. They, they don't need my money as desperately as the entity. They're allowed, happy with the kids to do the concession stamp thing. So that was neat. Um, game itself, a little less commercial inside because they've got all the NBC money. Maybe they don't see the ads for, I don't even know who's over the, over because I haven't only been inside one game this year at Beaver Stadium. Who's in the ads over the portals when you when you walk in? Like inside. It, it's a couple of different things. I've seen Duncan and I've seen, I think maybe, maybe AAA and Geico. Like I, th that stuff wasn't as prominent to me just didn't feel as you were there to watch a football game, which I kind of liked. And, you know, honestly, the highlight is anytime I'm, I'm old school enough that anytime Pitt gets pounded, I'm good with that. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Pitt, Pitt in the carnival catching haymakers from Steve. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I still haven't been doing a game at Notre Dame. I, I think it's, it's, uh, that's a potential bye week game some year for me. Um, assuming it was worth doing. I mean, it was worth seeing and experiencing and just, you know, every gate's named for a former coach that won a national championship type deal. Team walks in from the library in suit and tie. I mean, I get it. We get our guys drive up and do the walk and I, I get it. Everybody has their thing. We just need to see somebody else's thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you particularly wanted to discuss, uh, well, two aspects, I guess one aspect you wanted to kind of Compare and contrast uh, Penn State's radio crew versus the Notre Dame crew. And then you also happen to catch, I assume, driving back the Ohio State game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, I think Penn State's radio group is the one of the best in the country. And I, I was confirmed listening to those three games. Steve Jones and Jack Ham know what they're doing. They, listeners don't miss plays. They're professional about what they go about. How about they go about to do they're homers, but not as obvious as some of these guys. I mean, even Notre Dame, they were up 14 nothing, And the color guy, I think it was Ryan Harris, was complaining about the play calling. Well, they need to do better here. And it, it just it felt cheerleader-y, which we don't get, um, which I think is a good thing as a Penn State, as a Penn State fan. Conversely, I think what we do get and what we did get at the end of the Penn State game, because I was I did listen to the end of the game, was we get and, and Steve told us this when he was on. He's he's not a media member, right? It's clear who he's working for. And, and I think that's a good thing to a point. It, and that point, I think, was on display last week when he, when, when he discussed post-game, well, right as it happened, after Drew Aller's touchdown, his, his follow-up was, there's the play that everybody said they needed, and you finally got that big play. And it was kind of like he was – it almost sounded as if he were sneering at the naysaying fans. Like, I, I, they've proven you wrong. Here it is. Um, and then as they were wrapping up, he's like, oh, people will talk about style points today and that can be debated. Yeah, probably so. Um, but the, the thing is they needed to win and they got to win. And I get that. And everybody else listening to it gets it. I, I kudos to Brian Tripp, who 
said after the touchdown conversations, yeah, they needed a big play, but some people probably didn't think they need it today. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's the, it's, it's splitting hairs. Right. I mean, I know it's nitpicky, but I think that piece of it is the only piece, the only piece I would dock that radio group for, because they are clearly as good as anybody in the country in terms of game stuff. I think the, the little piece is the serving viewers piece by acknowledging the frustration and the contacts that fans have bringing into the game. And they're not wrong, right? They're seeing the same game. So I think I think to talk down to them sometimes is a disservice. But otherwise, I think I think they, they do an A job compared to what else I've heard out there because there's just there's a lot of bad radio out there among really good programs. Do you do you think that we've talked about this even when Steve was on the podcast, but like this is he is the source, like that is the voice. Do you think other crews maybe take advantage of that? And is that maybe what you were experiencing with the Notre Dame crew of like, you're going to only hear it from us this way. And that's the only way you can hear it or. No. And I, and, and I think they did admit the frustration, right? Okay. They need to, I mean, it was clear the Notre Dame guys thought they should be up more than 14, nothing when they were up 14, nothing. Right. And they, and they were kind of saying that by the play calling and, and they need to do a better job doing this and that. And they probably weren't wrong to, from what some fans were seeing. Um, but they aren't exactly hired to be fans. I, I just think there's a middle ground there and it's yeah. hard to find. I mean, it, it's nitpicky to try to find that ground, but I do think Penn state fans would feel more as if they were being heard or people were being honest with them. If that context were provided, right. If they were like, okay, I can see how people were, see how the team's performance today. You know, some people might worry about the style points or whatever else, but they did what they needed to do. Like just acknowledge that fans aren't nuts. <laughs> right. That, there's you know, there's a middle ground. There's a there line. Of... There, just say, okay, I can see why you were frustrated with this, but they did win. Yeah. You know, that no, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that a little bit this weekend, just honestly based off the guy that was sitting next to us. That and I I, I happened to look over and a big play happened. I think it was maybe the the muff punt. Um and he, he wasn't cheering, and it was like you can't have it both ways. You can't be upset about the performance of the team. And you can't also be upset when a good thing happens to the team that you paying money, that you're wearing the attire for you're paying your dues to sit in that seat type thing. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound holier than now, but I have a big problem with, with, booing your team particularly in college sports and i know you're just going to say well they get paid anyways but i think what was penn state going to do in those 60 minutes against indiana to erase what happened against ohio state or beat maryland beat michigan like like there's nothing in that 60 minutes that they can do to fix the problems. They could just go out there and win the football game. And I think if you're going to be grumbly about that, it just, I don't know. I, I, that bothers me. And so that's why I asked that question just because I was thinking, you know, thinking about that context of, of sometimes you just have to face it that whatever, it doesn't matter. They won by one point or more. And that's, that's what you wanted Enjoy and celebrate that fact, regardless of who the opponent is. Do they have things to fix? Yes. But are there things that came out of that game that you can feel better about? Yes. So, yeah, it could have been 60 to three and people when it wouldn't matter because you still got to yeah. be Michigan. 
right? I mean, realistically. Yeah. I mean, right. so that's why it's hard for me to get worked up over the close win, right? It, it could have been 60 to three, still really doesn't matter. Got to beat Michigan. Right. So even if it was 33-24, still doesn't matter. Got to beat Michigan. So, I mean, in the whole grand scheme of things about what makes the season a success, that's what it boils down to, or failure, right? So, yeah. Um, what is the what was the best part about Notre Dame's game day? Like best part for you could be. You saw the leprechaun. Okay, saw the leprechaun on campus, like five feet away. If I'd have known they were coming sooner, it would have been cool. Like I mean, okay. I could see him coming, didn't know what the thing was. That's pretty cool. You go to Notre Dame and you're like up close to the leprechaun. I get it. And this is the first female leprechaun, right? So that was kind of fun. Like, yeah, just okay. and and the, and the I'll, and as as the father, and you didn't ask, but as the father of former college daughters and a guy who's in a classroom with college kids, there were college co- there were college girls in costumes. They were all tasteful. It was wonderful. Like it was like, oh, good. We're just having we're just going and wearing a costume to the game. We're not trying to be loose clown is. or whatever else, right? Like it was nice. So yeah, there it is. Went down, went downtown after the game this weekend, and was, <laughs> let me tell you what: you want to experience something, go downtown after a Penn State game on Halloween weekend, sober. It's it's a there's just it's a lot of great people watching. Steve goes to Nashville for the people watching. I go to downtown State same College thing, on Hall- Hall- weekend yep. for people watching. All right, uh, feel good. Anything else you want to add about Notre Dame? The Ohio State broadcast was. About the same as the Notre Dame. About the same as Notre Dame. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, Paul Keels is really good for Notre Dame. It's just their color guy was kind of a cheerleader, right? And I get the Jack Ham uses we because he played and whatever else, but but also there's a line. He's also Jack Ham in the two Hall right. of Fames. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. exactly. You know. So um, okay. All right, moving on uh, to this weekend's game. Same context as we just kind of talked about. I have one more point than Maryland by. The, when the time hits zero, pretty much is that how you feel about it? Yeah, although I think they 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 don't play poorly. They play well down there, and they score points. Penn State plays well down there and scores points down there. So I guess I would be surprised if they struggled. Even though I think Maryland's better than Indiana. I mean, like everybody thinks Maryland's better than Indiana, um, but they lost. Maryland lost by twenty to Ohio State at home earlier this season. Penn State's has put points up on them under the when, with James Franklin down there as the coach. I. I I guess I'd be more inclined to think Indiana result that we expected this week than than not. But yeah, if it's if they win by one, I, I, it's a W. Yeah, I think that's about where I'm at with it. But I, I also am. I, I think again, kind of going back to the initial conversation of excitement, I, I am very very excited for this game in the fact that we we saw a big moment for Drew Aller. Like at the end of the day, he led a, a touchdown game winning drive. And after his biggest mistake of his career so far, quite literally, and how's he going to build on top of that? And I think he didn't take a step back this weekend by any means. I don't think he was perfect, but he didn't take a step back. And that's why I'm excited. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm also just very excited to wake up in my own bed and drive to a Penn State football game. Um, Be a lot easier if they all played close to home like that, wouldn't it? Oh, man, it's I'm. I'm also very excited for the food in Maryland. I've, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but if you are going to the game this weekend, um, the best, probably, yeah, the best Big Ten stadium food. They've got crab everything. They they really lean into their heritage. Uh, they also have Lido Pizza, which love Lido Pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Well, you probably, the one thing you probably shouldn't get at the stadium is coffee. You should probably take, like, along your own coffee. 
Are you, are you doing another ad? Ooh, don't we want to take Deathless Coffee? Okay, with we're, them? yeah, we're taking it. We're doing Deathless Chat. All right. All right. Yes, that's right. Uh, our friends at Deathless Coffee are are having a little NIL deal thing going on right now. Uh, they have an NIL deal, but they don't want to say who the players are. There are three players one from Penn State, one from Michigan, one from Ohio State. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards Dom DeLuca as being the Penn State guy. I think that's my guess, new guess, um, as to who it is. But maybe that's we, what we could do. Could we have a reveal after the season? I'll see. I will work with, with our the little logos. It could be like the Brady Bunch logos, right? And it could be like the players, and we could cover. I, them I up think it should be like the like helmet okay. shuffle, but yeah, but it's like little three different coffee logos. Yeah. yeah. See again. Hopefully the the folks the fine folks at the Deathless Coffee Company are are listening to uh, listening to. I was looking um, at flavors. I'm about to buy some coffee. I think, and I'm not a coffee drinker, but they sound interesting. I I had a I made the we used their espresso roast this morning for our, our ice lattes. It was good. All right. Um, I'm trying to think what else I wanted to add about the the Maryland game before Steve hit me with an ad. Um. Like a streaming no. service when the ad pops up and you're not expecting it. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, that was smooth. I as smooth as Deathwish Coffee. Um, we've jumped we're just gonna do... we, we've jumped the shark, folks. In week two. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I look at this game a little bit differently than I look at the what was it the UMass game, right? Like the UMass game was the last chance to figure everything out. I think now it's. It's stacking momentum, I think, is the main thing. And that's what I want to see out of Penn State's game from game against Maryland this weekend. This, how are you going to stack the momentum towards the, the pinnacle of the season? Um, because that's the lens that everything needs to go through right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm also, this will be what, Talia Tungavailoa's last game against Penn State, and he's played like 90 of them. So <laughs> it's also, a you know, poor Talia taking a shot at him. Probably a nice guy. Um, that's all I have to say about the that. Anything else there we missed? Nope. What? Why waiting for it? Hoping for a W and seeing what's next. Okay. Um. All right. It's Monday. Well, it's not just any Monday. It is Monday the thirtieth, which means Halloween is tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast, it's likely today. Um, or if you're listening on Wednesday, it was like likely yesterday, but that doesn't matter. Leftover candy. You are eating leftover candy. By this point, you probably, regardless of when you listen to the podcast, you probably have most of your candy there. What candy gets eaten last at the Samsung household of Halloween candies? Well, at this point, nobody buys stuff we're not going to eat, right? I mean, It's probably the last one that that gets to the to the Reese's peanut butter cups the first, right? Like, there's not like there's duds of candy anymore, right? Because the kids aren't going out and getting stuff. So if we have candy in the house, the stuff we're going to eat, um, which is probably peanut butter cups, Kit Kats, and Hershey's bars. Okay, okay. so that, that's like that's you, about it, what we've and, done. And it, those are chocolate. So I forget. Are you in, are you a chocolate isn't a candy thing? Is that where this is? Going? So I, that's what that was the other question I'm going to ask. Is is it acceptable to enjoy non-chocolate Halloween candy? Because to me, I like the non-chocolate Halloween candy. That's the only time I eat that type of candy. Like, so Skittles, uh, Starburst, you know, those types of things. So 
I guess the question is, hold on, let me find the question that I forgot that I texted you. I think it was is, just chocolate candy. Yeah. Is chocolate candy? Is it candy or is it chocolate? It's both. In my world, the, the candy umbrella includes chocolate, so I think it's there. Um, and I was going to ask you for examples of the non-chocolate. So Skittles and Starbursts, yeah, they're okay, but yeah, it's still chocolate for me over all that stuff. So yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm we've we bought uh Reese's. I think there's some Kit Kats. We bought Take Fives. We bought I think just like the little miniature Hershey's. Um, but then we also got like Skittles and I think it's Skittles and Starburst. Um I I am hoping that the kids all take the chocolate so that I can savor the okay. Starburst and the Skittles. Have you had enough in any year where you were like worried you were going to run out? Uh, the first year we ran out, we like we mid like we were like, uh, somebody's got to go to the grocery store to buy more Halloween candy because we didn't know. Right. Um, we we thought like we were going to get like 30 kids. We get like up to 100. Like it's like we get a lot of kids that come through. I'll, I'll try to keep track. This so did time. you go to the store? Or what did you start pulling like? instant hot cocoa we, packs out we had it? some we had some that pop tarts kinda, it, it tidied us over we had enough in the house saved of just other random candies mm. that 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 tidied us over until anna was able to run to the store and come back um okay. so but we are we are very prepared this year we have over 300 pieces of candy oh wow we're everybody's getting one to start the night type thing then we'll okay. see how it goes um yeah we had one we, year where i think Susan wasn't paying attention and I was breaking apart like boxes of like Rice Krispie treats that we were putting in the kids' lunches, right? Like that was like, we were getting near the end of the bowl, right? And I'm like, this is what we got, kids. Get your ass, get your basses out here before 7.45 at night and you get better stuff. We, uh, last year, I think we, I think the the guideline is six to eight here, mm -hmm. but like some people come after eight. And last year we probably had like 20 pieces of candy left and one kid just walked up to the door. Like we left the bowl out and one kid mm -hmm. just walked up to the door and just dumped it all into his bag. There so you go. don't do that kid. Um, okay. All right. Are you Anything dressing? Else? And I forget you're not dressing no, up for handing no, out. Not dressing up. Just going to okay. sit outside. It's cold. It's going to be cold here tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to feel like fall. It's cold actually. Here too. I was trying to see if Susan was going to wear a costume or not. So we'll see. I heard a rumor that you might be wearing a costume. Is that, I've heard that too. Okay. Um, for my class, I've, 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 I, I offered students since classes on October 31st that if they they wore a costume, there could be a, a slight monetary reward just because I thought, you know, college kids need a little encouragement. Um, I told them last that last Tuesday that it would be Halloween day. Last Thursday, some kid showed up in costume, <laughs> which was great. Um, but I saw a student today at hockey media session and as I was leaving, she asked me if I was wearing my costume tomorrow. And I said, are you wearing one? And she said, yes, I am. And then she said, are you wearing one? And I said, yes, you have yes, to. But I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to be in class to see it. So, mm, so we'll see. that's a good that's a good I, teacher right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have a costume. I got to go okay. up and work on it right now. So, OK. All right. If you are in Steve's class, it's at Stuff Summer Says. You can tweet it to me or, or DM it. It's a secure, safe message. Oh, okay. Okay. great. Um. <laughs> Okay. All right. That's it for this week's show. Uh, oh, I, I forgot to tell you, Steve, 
saw saw one of our favorite podcast listeners this weekend, Aaron Dunleavy. I saw this right. was leaving the stadium. He said hello. So shout yeah, out I haven't to seen him season. We'll have to make that happen. Yeah, got shout two out games to Big left. D. Give him a give him a quick shout out. All right. Um and everybody else that listens to the podcast, you'll get your shout out someday. Um, but not everybody's big D. So um anyways. That was this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have a website. Uh, it's called stuffsummersays.com. On that website, there's a section uh, for Steve called with Steve. With Steve. Steve's article did very well last week. It was a good article. And I was very surprised at the feedback. I thought there was going to be negative feedback. Like it was just, and it was pretty, pretty positive. People actually really liked the noon ticks more than i expected i think it's maybe my generation that doesn't doesn't like them yeah it's the old people like that yeah i, I think that's my take, take on it um so i don't know if Steve's writing this week but if he is excited for that um let's see uh five stars thumbs up uh somewhere in this general vicinity there's a subscribe button if you could hit that that would be great and um we have emails mine is darian at stuffsummersays.com steve's is Steve at stuffsummersays.com. And other than that, we've got Twitter handles, which mine is at stuffsummersays. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. All right. Have a have a good Halloween, pals. Enjoy your candy. <laughs>